racing everywhere. Oh, who else? McDonald, Tim Kick, Stewart front spot, Hawkins with the fist, McGrath, Merritt, Corbwell, Carl, Snelling, good movement, Shield, McDonald, Tipper Woody, he can go all the way home if he thinks about it, Great he kick. pulls the kick, awesome. And finally, they do get the reward, Smith. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode 119. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, it's good to be back. I've come back from the drive down from Geelong. Yeah, you've come back from 1987 down there. So, uh, oh look... uh, for people who know Blitz, I went down with uh, Knackers or Neil, whatever you like to call him. Um, uh, yeah, we had a, a really good time. Uh, saw the new Geelong Stadium. I haven't been there since I think Tim Watson kicked a goal in 93. Yep. Uh, so it was great to watch. Uh, I think this is going to be a pretty upbeat show because in all honesty, it felt like we were over the ground, uh, the better team. And to say that, going down to Geelong uh, to... First time we've played there, any of them, how many people would have played there? None. In none, that team? None. None. So, yeah, and you obviously you got the narrow ground, unique kind of ground. For us to adapt and play that well against a team that's kind of floated to be a, a premiership favourite... It was very hard for, for me to come away and not be smiling. We're a bit sort of, a bit sixes bit and sevens. taken aback at a little bit. Yeah, a bit sixes and sevens at that game because we we lost. Uh, but um, Scotty and I universally, from talking uh, previous to jumping online here, we're universally looking at each other going, um, I can't see anything wrong with that performance. I really can't. No, it was, I mean... To say that we're going to have 27 scoring attempts, if someone would have told me that That's before nuts. the game... That is nuts. Uh, it, it, it would have been a very, very big surprise because I think you've heard our tone during the off-season today and just be wary that we've got a, a very inexperienced forward line. Yeah. Um, I still think that. I still think there's going to be moments we might struggle, but, gee, they... We did as well as we possibly could. We just we just couldn't get them through the big sticks, yeah. and that's that's the difference Sometimes in the game. Sometimes that happens, man. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, but I guess the good news is there's no four points in this game. So, you know, okay, let's get that out of the way. And look, my personal feeling is Jones, uh, Wright, they're actually very good kicks for goal, uh, even though they didn't they didn't have a great one. I'm not fussed because I've seen enough of training to know that their technique will hold up most times yeah. and they will kick straight. So Never forget, though, that Harrison Jones is – that's his, what, second, third <laughs> game of football for us um, with a red, a red and black jumper on. Peter Wright's going to be nervous. He knows he's um, he's the man down there in the forward line now, so he's going to be nervous as well. But like you said, it's a it's not four points. It's just another game um, into those boys which they're going to enjoy and they're going to learn from. And – if 27 scoring shots halfway through the season or at the beginning of this season, 27 scoring shots, we're going to make the majority of them moving forward. And damn. You're going to win most games with that. With so. 20, absolutely. Like that's a, an aberration to, to kick as badly as we did. Um, 
But 27 scoring shots is going to win you games of football. So that's... And again, against Geelong, who, minus Harry Taylor down there, is an experienced backline. They're an experienced mid. They're experienced forwards. They're a good team, right? Yeah. yeah and for them well to drilled. not be able to stop, pretty much, our forward entries, as super fuggly as they were... Um, our forward entries, if they weren't able to stop them, that's a pretty good um, indictment on the club. Exactly. And I thought a key element to this, even though they didn't kick straight, uh, the midfield actually had themselves 10 scoring shots on goal. And I thought that's, you know, whether it was uh, Merritt had shots, Langford had shots, Cox had shots, um, Shield had a shot. Uh, so I thought that was an important one now. They'll, they'll hopefully they get their kicking shoes on because they kicked two goals eight out of those well, teams. But it wasn't but, just the forwards that had the issue. But it'll be it'll be noted as as a pleasing uh, aspect that we haven't had before. So. And I reckon I reckon that I mean everybody at the club would know that Harrison's only a kid. Peter Wright's um, coming into a new club. He's not going to kick you a hundred goals in a season. So I think even the mids understand that they need to be working even harder pushing forward and trying to kick goals themselves. Don't just worry about being the bloke that gets it out of the middle that kicks it to Peter Wright. If you can get inside um, 50 or or just outside 50 and influence the the outcome of the forward push and or by kicking the goal yourself, then absolutely do it because the more weapons, the better. And I think mm. that it showed last night that Cox and Merritt and Shield and all those guys are going to have a crack at it. No, exactly. And uh, for me, the... If, when, if you're talking about the overriding uh, emotion I had, uh, the best compliment I can give last night is that they look organised. Uh, they look like they understood what they wanted to do, where they needed to position themselves. That's so nice to see, dude. Oh, it was so refreshing. Uh, and uh, not, you know, it, it is just the first preseason game, and, and I am mindful we looked pretty good, not as good as last night, but pretty good last year in the same preseason. We still bombed it in a little bit. Like but we still did the yeah, bomb. Yeah, there's thing. still some little bit of old habits, but overall, that was just the most organised team I've seen for a long time run out in the red and black, where. Geelong just could not run through a few of our walls. Uh, they could not get a fluent kind of game. And, you know, that's that's uh, that's a really positive. I mean, they played Selwood. They played Dangerfield. They, you know, they, they, so these they're are, no joke, man. They're, they're no joke. They're as old as dirt, but they're no joke, right? Those two boys especially. Paddy got a few. Um, mm. Selwood did two-fifths of not much. Um, but there was a <laughs> – I was thinking there was a touch of the uh, Richmond wall going on. Uh, across well, there's a, and a touch of the uh, Richmond tap-ons. Did you notice that going yes, forward? Yes, yes, we, yeah. Uh, I was just looking. I thought, oh, I wonder what the one percenters was. It was Essendon sixty-seven to Geelong thirty-eight. So that yeah. tells you a little bit of the mindset as well that it was move the ball forward at all costs. It didn't always work out, but a lot of times it 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 put a lot of pressure on the Geelong. Makes them scramble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes them scramble. It made them panic a few times. Yeah. They got a few out of bounds in the full. Uh, I thought our midfield uh, was was just really really impressive. Let, oh, yeah, let's let's run through a few names, right? Jai Caldwell, Jai Caldwell, man. <laughs> Woo, lordy, I, mean, I think it, we picked it, one there. Yeah, it's funny when you look at the you know uh, um, uh, who played the most minutes. 
Caldwell was actually one of the least. She only played like about 50% of the game. But Caldwell only played 67% of the game. So if you're talking like about Merritts and Parrish and that, who played over 80, even with McGrath, yeah. Caldwell having, what, 24 disposals, having huge impact on the game, nearly didn't waste a kick or a possession, yeah. uh, was really strong in tackling. He's a strong boy. Uh, but so composed with the footy that that pass to hooker out of the midfield, we oh, just baby. drilled that pass. Yep, um, it, it was oh, me. two second rounders, man. And and this kid is definitely definitely the pick ten or eleven that he was. Absolutely, <laughs> that's what I said. That, that's my first thought because I saw I've seen him during the pre preseason training, and and I've been kind of hinting at it, going, I think we've got a real find here, uh, but. I just saw some things last night when you're at the game, how well he thought through situations, even without the ball, just he was really running hard to yeah. run back defensively um, because I was just watching him a few times. I know the ball was like 50 meters away, but sometimes I'm just interested. How are you, wh- how are you doing yeah. it? How are you playing? What, what are you defense? doing? What are you doing next? What are you? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Did we pluck one out of a trade? That, how old is he? He's like 23. No, I think he's twenty one. Oh, twenty one, <laughs> yeah, baby. Like double, double, two, Excellent. two second rounders. Come on now, like that's man. I don't care if he's twenty three. If you if you made a mistake there, like that's for him to for, like twenty four possessions and he played sixty percent of the game. Man, that's that's great. Also, too, think about it. I was just saying before Harrison Jones. That's his what third game of football or something for us. Yeah, we we all cut the boy a little bit of slack. Um, did okay. Took five marks. Took three contested. All good things. Um, he's twenty. <laughs> Scotty's just looked it up, and he's twenty. He's twenty oh, years baby. old, baby. Keep telling you, Adrian Dodoro. I uh, keep telling you, Adrian Dodoro. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was going to say, yeah, we we cut Harrison a little slack, right? Because it's his first sort of. It's he was up. Against, definitely showed enough, though. Yeah, but we, we cut that boy some slack, right? But just let's just put into context what Caldwell just did. Yeah. He just got 24 possessions with 60%, and that's his, like his second game at the club ever. Harrison's been in the team or playing with Essendon for two years now. Caldwell's just, that's his third game of football in a red and black jumper, right? Mm. So he's only been in the, he's been in the state for a couple of months, and he's whipping 24 off 60% um, game time. So... You can't underestimate how big a performance that is against a like one of the better midfields going around. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, yeah, I thought he was in that top three mids. Uh, if you just look at how effective he was with the ball, the advantage that we got from him, uh, his pressure on oh. oh, the either side, he was on the outside. He did a lot of a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, yeah, it was just. Yeah, it, it just it felt like it completed a bit more our midfield. Yeah. It just gave us more weapons. Yeah, he's going to be that player that we hoped he is, man, It's which is going to be great. Now, one thing I can say, uh, and we're going to, go, going to go to another player, right? Some of we've said, hey, why don't we play this kid more on the ball? Oh, yeah. Darcy Parrish. Darcy um, Parrish, my th- man. 32 disposals. Him and Draper. I don't know if they're, they're roommates or I was going to say, man. But they, they just had a connection the whole game. Yep. Uh, where he was just reading Draper so well. Yeah. Uh, and that's a real that's a, a, a real talent 
to to be in that right position every time. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it was he was really hot, but he was the first guy to grab the ball nearly yep. every time. Um I thought it was really good. I thought his clearance work was really, really good. Um, no doubt he's still got a little bit of tidying up with his kicking. I, you know, I'm not going to praise the whole go Look, nuts. Everyone knows that. But I thought when we needed a clearance, he was the guy who got us going. Um, and that's what I want to see. That's his real talent. Uh, he's damn good at it, man. He's he really damn is. good at it. Like he's he's now in the peak of his career. Like he's the 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 pointy end of his talents. And he's not getting shoved aside anymore. No, right? That's he's, the thing. He's standing up with strength. He's the, got the blonde hair, the the pretty he's got the young boy face, but he's now built like an AFL footballer and he's he's putting himself in the right places. It must be I, I often I'd often dream about, like we probably all do, about being an AFL footballer. And you look at Darcy, right? And he's been at the club, what, four or five years? Maybe six years. Who knows? Um, but he's now, you can see the wheels turning in his head. Yeah. He knows now. He know, he's not, He knows he's not a rookie anymore. He knows he's not an up-and-coming player anymore. He knows where to put himself because he's watched all the other players and he's learned himself. So Darcy's at the peak of his powers now, and I swear, mm. if I see that boy forward of the centre <laughs> one more time, like, it's just there's, there is your prime example of where that kid's talents lie. He is a prime mover in the midfield. And I tell you what, with performances like that, he's going to be nudging, in my opinion, the starting um, midfield lineup. Yeah. It's it going was... to be pretty tough to get rid of Shield and, and Zach and that sort of stuff out of there. But if he's the dead set leader of the second group, the Caldwells, the Parishes, and the um, and the Dev Smiths or whoever else wants to go in there, um, he's definitely the leader of that. And almost nudging our top-line midfield list. Yeah, well, he was pretty elite at getting the, his hands on the ball first last night. So, But around the ground too, yeah, he's yeah. okay. No, well, I mean, just as the, the midfield as a unit, um, from half-back through to the midfield, that is as good Run, as... I mean, carry. I've, I think it's been a long time since I've seen us handball with purpose, with an intent that the ball moves forward. Because um, we've always had that kind of handball to a guy that's stationary or handball back or just handball. for the sheer hell of handballing. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's just been handballing that's actually lessened our advantage. Yeah, but boy, have they! Tr- and you know, I've seen this a lot in the off season. They, the amount of handball drills this side has done in the off season is insane, and yeah. Carousel has been leading that, but. You know, to have a view of it and seeing what the end goal, what they were trying to achieve um, and see it putting into action against an elite side, that was pretty impressive. I mean, for them to fully understand what they've been trying to do in the off-season and... And then implement it. And implement it. You know, I think it only a couple of times it kind of broke down and just simple skill error. But for most part... It was. I just liked the forward momentum of it. It was. It was. It was a positive chain of handball. But since like you could see evidence, and I'm going to watch the watch it on TV. But you can see evidence. You get that really good view from the the television cameras. As soon as someone like Darcy grabbed or Caldwell grabbed it from the bottom of a pack, turned, looked up. Last year, man, that would have been chucked onto his boot across his body, and hope for the best. But this year. 
he's moving forwards towards the um towards mm. the goal, which is just brilliant in itself. And then he looks for that quick outlet pass. The bit that you notice on TV, and I, you haven't had a chance to watch the replay yet, have you? Uh, I watched half of it early this morning. Okay, cool. And then just the run, the, the recognition from the other midfielders when that first outlet handball is Yeah, they is all given, get on their bike. They yeah. get on their bike and they've got that good separation between each other and they're running in that good old... Good old South Croydon Footy Club days, mate, when they say run in packs, run in twos and threes. That's exactly what they were doing. They all got on their bike, they buggered off, and they gave each other two or three, four, five metres between each other and so that the handballs looped beautifully in front of the next bloke who didn't have to break the stride, who then had enough time to look left, look right. Is there another handball? Yes, there is another handball, so I'll give that off. And then the next bloke was at half forward looking to kick into the into the forward line. So... The, the spacing and the understanding from yeah. the other players, huge for me. Well, uh, it was funny. I, I was thinking during the game, uh, one, there was a play down the wing where we almost just went from one side of the ground to the other just through sheer teamwork. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was just thinking, like, I, I can't underestimate Truck's desire for the players to care and be with each other off field because and, – and we said it before on the show that – at some point, it's going to translate on field because you, yeah. if you support and care for your teammate, if you really like, if you really are close to them, and you want to, then you run hard to help them out and support each other. And, the, the and it kind of showed. It kind of showed. It was like they're all willing to sacrifice, run, shepherd, uh, to get space, block. You know, highest so. energy I've seen in the in the team in a long time. A lot of, a lot of deflections, like sort of basketball hands up. Deflections and they they were really they weren't giving up on plays quickly. There were two and three dudes tackling, and I think you're right. I think the closeness of the of the players and Truck's willingness to make them into the Essendon Football Club mm. um, is really showing because they're running for each other and they're knowing that if you're if you're in the middle of a you're running down the middle of the the ground and you've got one dude on your left or you've got one dude on your right. They're going to make themselves available for you. It's not just you that has to belt the ball forward and just hope and pray. There's a eyes-lowered option, be it either a kick or a handball, because there's going to be guys running on your left and your right. And that's that was so pleasing to see last night. No, no. And look, you know, if we're just covering a little bit of the midfield, oh, it'll be a long show if we go, go through past. every player, but we've got to go through us. Can't go past. Um, and I know, actually, I will say just quickly, Zach Merritt, um, not not quickly at all with Zach Merrin, man. Like that was that was a very, that was yeah. impressive game. Thirty seven disposals. I mean, just uh, like I've been saying it on the show. If you've been watching at training, he is right back to Zach Merritt at peak level. I had him at the Crichton. You all heard me say, "Is this guy's going to win the Crichton?" Nothing changed my mind after that. <laughs> after that game, he he led the side in tackles and he led the side in disposals. And that's that's a, a that's a, Zach a, man. That's Zach Merritt. But the guy feeding when we're talking about Darcy Parrish, the guy feeding him the ball, a big Sammy Draper. Oh yeah, he's man. He looks real special. Like he looks super high energy. That's what I love about him, man. Look, mm. but he jumps out of the park. He's landing on that poor blonde dude from Geelong's 
um, guts all night long. He had a knee in that kid's guts his entire yeah. entire poor game. Jenkins when he went on too. He had no Je- idea. Mate, Jenkins <laughs> Jenkins could jump about five years ago, but that boy has solid. He's been a bit too solid nowadays. Um, but yeah, he was his. His ability to not only get up in the air and get to the ball, but now starting to move his hand sort of left and his hand right to palm the ball into the right direction of Darcy and the like, um, he's he's really good. Around the ground, he's, he's, um, he's very helpful as well. I am looking forward to a full solid season of that boy. I really am. Yeah, I mean, it's something to say that, you know, we actually came in the last quarter, hit the front, and in that last quarter, you know, three-quarter time, they take out Shield, Hind, Draper, Stewart, Francis, all cautionary, right? Because yep. they had like a, either a very minor injury. But, things, yeah. But for, I mean, Hind was obviously right on top of his game. Draper yep. was probably all close to the difference at one point. Um, so, I mean, Chaja, the guys who came on, we were still running. Nick we'll Bryan, see. Marty Gleason Nick did Bryan right. did really well. So, yeah, but Draper, you know... One thing I do like, uh, and I felt it last night. We it wasn't it wasn't spectacular, but there was a slight more uptick in marking around the ground. Yeah, um, and it's going to improve with Cox getting some more weight around him, and when Reed's introduced and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I just felt like we had a bit more options in height, uh, and even when um, Wright went up the ground, it just uh, gave us some options. And you are right in what you were saying. Like you've you've been saying that we, the outlet kicks and the kicks from I don't know maybe we get the ball to inside thirty in our back line and we we get a good turnover and then we we turn and go to kick out of there or even if it's just a kick out from a point, we really haven't had like Shawnee McKernan tried hard and and a couple of those bikes tried hard but. The difference now is that we've got Cox, we've got Wright, we've got... Even Langford, um, yeah. Yeah, Langford, we've got Sammy Draper and that stuff, all presenting high energy, super high energy, mm. presenting around the ground for kicks and then taking the marks. Yeah, even even if we were stuck, even Jones was running down. Harry the was taking a couple, yeah, 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 absolutely. So we've got a few more options there and, you know, a lot of inexperience and first gamers in that list, so... Uh, that's only going to improve as their bodies improve. So yeah, absolutely. That I can I can see. So look, how about we go to a break uh, and we'll come back and talk about defence in the forward line. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, uh, the defence, Scotty. How do you reckon we went? Well, you know, pretty good considering you've got Cameron and Hawkins. Yeah. And, you know, these kind of guys. I, that was my biggest probably worry, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Oh, it's, everybody's I worried, thought if Hooker plays full forward, then, you know, you're trusting a lot on Stewart and Francis and Laverde. Ridley. Who not, you know, Ridley. Let's start with, with Jordan Ridley. Um he is a star. He oh. absolutely <laughs> guy is, is a star. Uh, the guy is just automatic. He is close to best player on the list overall. Zachy Merritt's probably punching me in the face. But he's in the top three anyway. Yeah. For me, anyway. Easy. 
uh, he was just he was just elite last night. I know. He's there's he's he's elite in the air by, by with his yeah. hands. He's elite by foot. He's elite decision making. Mm. His positioning is elite. Like he would have been giving away like some of the the, the uh, he, he'd be giving away five to eight kilos on Jeremy Cameron more. And fifteen kilos on uh, on Hawkins when he was sometimes playing on him, or he was in the same vicinity, and his body positioning on those blokes, and the ability to know where the ball's going to drop, is it is elite now. Like seriously, if I know he got he got the wink for um, All Australian last year, but if he keeps playing like that this year, mate, just don't worry about your pencil. Pen that bloke into centre half back all Australian because he's he down back he is automatic. He is a bloke you don't even have to worry about. And I I would love to see the forward that is going to get the best of um of good old Todd. No and Jordan. I mean even it helped with the midfield reducing Geelong to only forty seven inside fifties. So we were on the inside fifties by about fifteen. But so the midfield working hard helps. But I, I thought they looked quite organized. They had that they kind of had that first ten minutes of the first quarter where they'll where, be, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Tom Hawkins was stood by himself in the middle of the fifty. But but you know, look at the ground. You see Heps quickly get in the defensive unit and and kind of re re sort of telling the message. And then they looked very organised. Uh, I thought after Francis's Falcon, <laughs> which caused the goal, <laughs> I thought Francis was actually really good in the air, competing and yeah. just disrupting a lot of inside fifties. Who was playing on Gary Rowan? Because uh, and, and the only reason why I ask that question is because those those few times where he used the one thing that that bloke does have, and that is some genuine speed, um, he was running what felt like he ran from inside the square yeah. through the um, the 50 arc towards the goals and got those handballs, those little cheapy handballs from Hawkins and stuff to kick a couple of goals. So I, one thing I noticed is that that stopped. Yeah. After that, there must have been the boys must have got together and said, "Yeah, oh, well, do we need to?" There was this huge. Look, I noticed. I, I noticed Heppel playing him on, on him in one of the quarters, but I don't know for the whole game. But yeah, yeah. He might have switched up on him. But um, yeah, he his influence was much less. Yeah. Over well, the over the the period. I mean, considering that forward line to have no Geelong forward kick over two goals, yeah. that was a matter. You would have taken that any day with absolutely. Hawkins, Cameron, absolutely. Know. And again, that's that is without Hawkins and Cameron. I mean, they've got to be close to the best two forwards in the comp by name, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the comp, Hawkins is a monster and Jeremy Cameron's no slouch, mate. And we did that without Hooker and Hurley. Yeah, yeah. Right? That thing that we've had for the last 10 years. Without Zerk Thatcher and Ambrose. Without <laughs> Zerk Thatcher and Ambrose as well, right? Yeah. So we we would normally, you'd go, right, well, we've got the we've got the two defenders for those two monsters in their name are Hooker and Hurley. Um, and... Hooker's been beaten and Hurley's been beaten down there every now and then by those two blokes. So for Francis and Ridley and Laverde um, and Stewart and those guys to keep them to, I don't know, who kicked the goals? Um, Well, yeah, it was Cameron, basically Cameron to, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Yeah. I'll take it, man. So I'll... Rowan to and that's it. For the back line. Now, one one, uh, point we were, Scotty and I had a bit of a chat there in the break, um, was Laverde. 
Yeah, now, you've look, got big raps. I don't know what I, I I saw some good things, but you got some big raps on the ball. I, what I did you he, say? Yeah, I thought he was one of our best defenders. Uh, I I was really rapt. I must admit, he was one I kept on talking about to Neil after the game uh, with his positioning, um, helping out the guys. Uh, I thought his use by foot was really good, uh, and, and I thought he played with a bit of freedom. Uh, he was he's going for his marks. He probably just made the one mistake going for a mark, um, but. Uh, Hawkins sort of marked over the top of him. But outside of that, gee, I thought it was a real progress to a guy who hadn't played there that much. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think that's a, a big bonus. Uh, probably Mason Redmond's a bit nervous with that with that performance. But, yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I thought... I thought physically he handled himself well because he actually got caught out sometimes one-on-one with some of those two big boys... Uh, there was just some switch ups and blocks. Yeah, and he, you forget he is a strong guy. Yeah, he's not small, man. No. He's, he's a decent size. He's a unit. big athlete, and I thought his body was actually holding up quite well. So that oh, was a big positive for me. I, I thought the defensive unit uh, after the first ten minutes of the game really tightened up. I thought Heppel was, Francis. Yeah, I thought Francis was disrupting everything. I thought Heppel picked his game up another fifty percent from the Carlton game. He was really rusty against Carlton. Now the uh, the one the little uh, the little issue that we saw with Hepps getting caught in the back pocket there. He turned left, he turned right. Now what what when you were at the game, we couldn't see it, right? Because the camera was just zoomed in on Hepps. What was what was the kid looking at? Yeah, so it's always interesting when you're when you're at the game because I knew he was going to get slammed for that, and that's the one where he's mar- he, he's got the possession, um, and he's just holding onto the ball as long as he can in the back pocket. Uh, he ends up actually kicking it out in the full, and it looks like a terrible play. Um, but look, uh, just to we were right at we were right in front of that, and you, know, you could tell with Heppel, he was waiting for guys to run across to the wing. To help him out, because what happened was three there was three Geelong tools just waiting for that kick yeah. down the line, um, and Hep saw it. Uh, he and then Waller came was the first one to come to help, and that's obviously not a it's not <laughs> an elite option. Yeah, uh, first marking in the air anyway, and he just tried to hold the ball as long as he possibly could to Jones, and that could get across, and they just didn't have time, and then it ended up just being he a got bit shut of a, down. Yeah, he ended up being a bit of a nothing kick and went out of the bounds and full. But there there is. You know, there was a whole, you know, play to that about what it transpired. That's the one I think Trucks will talk about, about how we structured the field at that moment where yep. we had a clear possession. There was actually a bit of time. It was probably like 10 seconds or so. So there should have been some help coming across. Um, so, you know, it wasn't all Hep's fault. No one wants him to kick it on the full. I, I, yeah. know, I know that. But, um, but there was reasonings why he was holding up the ball so much. Because it was just a straight turnover as soon as he kicked it, uh, but I thought, yeah, like I said, I thought he improved um, by at least fifty, sixty percent. He was cutting off a lot of leads. He was starting to read the play better. 21, 21 possessions, twelve kicks, nine handballs. The tackle on Gary, marks. tackle on Gary Rowan was was fantastic. Yeah, I and mean, Rowan's a very powerful, strong athlete. Yeah, uh, that was a really big moment in the game. So. Like I said, we you said last week that we've got to give him four or five games to really get up to Heppel. Yeah. That's game two, and I think he's getting closer. And that's the thing, right? You can see each week, well, every time he plays a game of footy, you can go, yep, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's him the next step and the next step and the next step. He's at 65% now. The game one next week, he'll probably be at 85, and the game after that, we'll have Hepps back to normal, right? Yeah. 
and, and, it, it's, and, and you, just quietly, it is nice to see the boy running around. Oh, it's fantastic. Man, it's nice to see. Because he's part of those chain handballs as well. So, because yeah. he actually is a great midfielder, um, he, he really does help out the, the actual of the boys. Yeah. The betcha of the boys down back would be loving him down there too. Oh, just yeah. the voice and the, the organisation the yeah. is, 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 you know. And Truck would be loving it. Yeah, yeah. Truck would be loving it. No, Harbs is doing, um, who's doing their back line now? Oh, you put me on the spot there. Um, Good question. Um, Harves is doing the forward line. Uh, it'll come to me. Sorry. Oh, it'll come to me. Roger that. We'll fix that in post. Um, so the forward line. Let's go. Let's switch to the switch forward to line. the forward line. Yep. Um, uh, oh, like we said, probably a little bit at the start of the show. I mean, we've had twenty-seven scoring attempts. So for most part, it's it was pretty good. I did look. If I did have a minor thing that I hope they can work on, I just noticed sometimes, and usually I've been angry at the midfield for bombing it long, right? I actually felt like sometimes the midfield were running through, and Wright um, and a few other guys actually weren't going on a lead. So they were actually just expecting it to bomb it long. Okay. And I was wanting them to get on their bike uh, and, and just give them better options. So I, I felt like, you know, truck addressed it after the game saying, look, the one key thing out of the game is that we've got to, our connection between the mid and forward lines just got to improve a bit. I could see that. I can see what he's talking about because I felt like sometimes we had the momentum, we're running through the lines and, and the expectation from some of our forwards is that we're just going to kick it long and they were okay with that. Where I felt like there was a bit of room between them and the forward 50 to actually Get know, one more, get one more pass in, maybe yeah, set yeah. it up slightly better. Yeah, just okay. lower the eyes and give a better option. Um, and then you know, on some occasions, you know, I did see Smith at one time have some really good options, and he just fluffed the kick and just didn't see them. Yep. Uh, so there's a bit of everything, but in the end, you still had 27 scoring attempts, so you can't be too negative. But and the forwards would be loving it, man. Like I mean, the scoring attempts is great, but the ball got in there 27 times. Yeah. So the 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 mids and the the backs that helped get that ball in there twenty seven times. Peter Wright better be just and and Harrison and those boys would be looking at it going brilliant. We're not going to do that again. Or once every blue moon we're going to kick like that. So twenty seven times with the ball in there that'll win you games of football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even with an inexperienced um, forward excuse me forward line like that. Um, it's going to win you games of footy, so I'm I'm wildly happy with it. No, for most part, it w- it was pretty it was pretty good. I mean, it's it's just something that it was pretty obvious they can tidy that up uh, and work on it. It's been look, it's been an issue with the club for a long time. The midfield to forward connection uh, it's, it's, it hasn't been there for a while, dude. Yeah, and then now the issue is you've got Jones is just starting his career, and <laughs> Wright's just starting himself at the club. Hooker's just being moved from the back line. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect straight away. And that's what I do realise and fully understand. But for the most part, we should have won that game and outscored them. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, but like yeah. by a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> by it eights. felt like on the ground, like it was a four or five goal win. It could have been over at half time that game. Um, it could have been pretty much over because the, the Darcy miss on his left foot from 30 metres out. Peter Wright's missed a couple inside forty meters. Hooksy, <laughs> Hook, Hooksy needs to take. He needs to just run around inside thirty. When he <laughs> runs inside thirty, he can kick the casing off the ball. It still only goes 10, 10 rows back. But Hooksy from outside fifty, I don't know so much for the boy. So, um, but no, it, 
I'm, I'm very happy with the forward line. Waller was around there looking dangerous as well. Yeah. Um, but the the Jones kitty, very happy with the Jones kitty, um, Harrison. Yeah. Um, he he looks good. Uh, and he yeah, Smith kicked presents. a couple of two goals. Yep. Looked dangerous, was pressuring. Yeah. We, we doubled their tackles inside 50, which is always a good measure for That's us. That's awesome, yep. So it means Waller and, and, and Smith and that were putting a lot of pressure yep. uh, on and for them to not to just waltz out of the back line, which has Jeez. also been an issue. Scotty, there's a lot of ticks in this podcast. A lot of ticks. Like we're going back yeah. line, yeah, good. Yeah, good, happy. Fort mids, yeah, not good, happy. Forward line, yep. Look, I mean, tick, I suppose. They, they didn't kick awfully straight, but tick. So I think that's the theme of the game. I was t- uh, messaged Scotty last, last night and we were talking before the podcast. We're about to go upstairs and be one of our, one of our happy shows because we're, we're feeling good about the club, but we lost. <laughs> no, well, one of the most, probably in top two most skillful sides in the comp had seven more turnovers than the Essendon Football Club, yeah. putting out a bunch of young guys. Uh, so, how can you not be <laughs> sheer effort, man? Please, um, high energy, disruptive, running with them. So, yeah, look, overall, that's a that's a that's a that's a good game of footy, especially. I reckon Truck, who's wiser than his years would suggest, um, he'd be looking at the replay of that, going, "Yeah, no, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that." Oh yeah, well. Uh, like he said, he said obviously he felt like the Carlton game, they had a few things to learn structurally, and I could see that as well. The, the wall was set up incorrect yep. from what I've seen at training. That got corrected really well in this game. Yeah. Uh, and then that had a huge effect on how Geelong we, – we affected big time on how Geelong wanted to play. Yeah. And that's a great sign. because For four quarters. Yeah. For and four was, quarters, they couldn't that, get on top. And, and that's the other thing too, right, is we look quite fit. Like we, were, yeah. it didn't feel like, you know, it didn't feel like we tied in the last quarter. Not fifteen minutes in the last quarter, we, you know, we kicked two goals in a row. We got in front. We were putting the pressure on because we even upped the intensity a bit in the last quarter. Uh, and that's like I said, that was with Draper, Hine, Shield, these guys all being rested. Francis yeah, for the whole last Stewart, quarter. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, you know, it's very hard for me to tell a negative in this game. It was. It was much more than I could have hoped. Uh, we, we said that again before the podcast. We go, I'm trying to think of a player who lowered his colours. Like, did anybody get particularly beat? Um, no. I, I genuinely can't think of anybody like that, that got beat. No, I, I think it was I think it was a pretty good team effort, to be honest. So, yeah. I mean, even guys on the outers, you know, Cahill, Ham, they all had their moments. They all... Had things they contributed, they didn't get smashed, you know. Yep. No one's opponent got overly dominant on them. So it was pretty even performance. I'm looking forward to round one, man. When is it? Round one? Two weeks. So. Two weeks from now. All right, cool. So Hawthorne, Marvel Stadium. Uh, but I, I'll do, I just want to mention one more thing, but we'll go to a break first. Yep.
Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, you wanted to mention something just before we uh, we wrap things up. Yeah, look, I, I did want to mention that the the uh, AFL, sorry, the VFLW, the girls played at Casey yesterday against Melbourne. Ah, yes. Uh, they put off their very first victory. Gave them a slapping. So, uh, yep, gave them a slapping. Well uh, done, ladies. Uh, so, yeah, they won 31 to 22. Uh, it was so good to see them singing the song after the after the game. That's cool. Um, yeah, it was. So I, I know there's you know some people who who have a little bit of a slight negativity toward. I don't at all. I love it. Uh, I you know. Man, it's it's eighteen more people running around in an Essendon jumper. Yeah, right. Uh, creating um, Essendon memories, creating the next Tim Watson, creating the next um, Simon Madden, the 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 names that are going to be. Put on the walls at um, at Tullamarine are now going to include um, women's AFL. I'm all for it, man. I want to see who the I want to see who the female Tim Watson's going to be. I want to see the the, the big name in in the the Essendon jumper and uh, and and buy a jumper with her name on the on the back of it. So I uh, it was yeah I I really enjoyed. I went to the first game. I couldn't go yesterday because it was a bit mixed up with me going to Geelong and everything. Um, uh, so yeah, so. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the first game even when I watched this, them against the Saints last week. You could see the second half. They won the second half. They, were, they started to gel. And, and this week they beat the Demons. Uh, so congratulations. Awesome effort. Um, hopefully I can get to a game soon. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it was considering uh, it was a pretty successful Saturday, actually, for the Essendon football. It was at all. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, as a whole, the uh, I guess the... Uh, the whole organisation did well. And now, I don't know that there's been any reports of any injuries or anything? It doesn't seem that way. Like, no doubt Stuart had uh, felt a hamstring getting tight. Yeah. That's what I believe. I, he was right in front of us walking around that, and you could hear him just pointing to saying, I just feel it, so they're being very cautious. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, Francis, the same. Uh, just... He just had a slight knock. Do you know the only one I'm slightly concerned about, and because I've been hearing it the last couple of weeks, is Dylan Shield. Okay, just he looked fit as fit as you like. I know, but at training, he just sometimes had a trainer looking at his knee, right? Um, the uh, last couple of weeks, and then I noticed he had an ice pack on his knee in the last quarter. Okay, so uh, it's just something, and I just felt like his movement just wasn't as quick as I'm normally. Used to I, okay, I don't know if I'm okay. reading too much into it, but when I saw the ice pack on the knee and someone had told me, "Hey, I think there's something slightly just amiss with his knee," that it kind of just gave me a little bit of like, right, oh, "Okay, well, just fine. something to look out for." But that's again one of the reasons why they probably rested him for that last quarter. Yeah, yeah. So two weeks off—that's the good news. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yep. So, and then I, and one sort of last thing on the on the injury front—not that it's an injury—but I saw Harrison run a, a start in the game with a like a strapping on his knee. Yeah, yeah, he he um, just felt a slight little tingle after he kicked a footy at training. But uh, as the week went on, it started to get realised it wasn't much at all. So. All right, cool. All right, well, pretty comprehensive, I reckon. Um, I, I know we lost the game by, by not much, um, but I'm happy. I'm very happy with the trajectory of the club, the players, and importantly, the game plan. That's the buy-in for me. That's yeah. the the club's buy. The, sorry, the club. The players buy into that game plan, man. And at least we've got something to throw up against the good teams and say, right, here's our game plan. Is it as good as yours? 
<laughs> then if it is, great, we'll win. If it ain't, then we won't win. So yeah, that's what can, I want to see. You can have you can have any guy getting forty possessions or anything like that, and like guys looking like stars. But to this nerd, there's nothing sexier than an organised team at the Exeter Football Club, and especially because <laughs> God bless, God bless Wisher and and his what he did for us. But man, there was just no game plan last year. It was just helter skelter, kick it across your body. Dang, that is um, uh, frustrating. But when you see the players running forward and you see Peter Wright deep and you see Harrison forward up the ground where he's supposed to be and you've got Nick Cox just as a dangerous but it's it does a boy's heart good is what it does. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that growing throughout the year um, and, uh, and, and getting better as we go. Now, yep. Scotty, before we wrap it up, it's sale of the century time. Now, on the Facebook group, right? On the Facebook group, for the first time uh, in since we've been around, um, we've put out a competition, a, a, a Muddy Monster competition um, here at the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. What we want to see is your best uh, memorabilia, your Don's memorabilia, photo, yeah, yeah. a photo of your Don's memorabilia. Um, it might be uh, Simon Madden's um, handkerchief from, uh, from 1982, um, or it could be uh, an Aaron Francis signed uh, top deck card that's now going to be worth about five grand. Um, on the Facebook page, if you have a look, um, we've put out a, a competition. Send us a photo of your best memorabilia, or if you haven't exactly got um, a photo with yourself with the Premiership Cup um, in 2000 or something like that, just send us a photo of your best fan gear. Get get your, get done up in your fan gear and send us a photo. Um, special preference will be given to babies that are uh, included in because we love babies um, included in the Essendon gear. Um, and the giveaway, Scotty, what you can get for first prize is an Essendon bronze membership. We're gonna we're gonna give away an entire bronze membership um, to the first place winner. Um, second place is and you be, can nominate someone if you don't if you yeah absolutely if you've got a, if you've got a membership already then you can uh, you can get that membership. Let us know somebody who potentially hasn't got one. Um, this year for whatever reason and um, we'll fill it out to them so that's fine um, second place $100 bomber shop voucher um, which will get you some good gear in the bomber shop um, and third place is a $75 uh, bomber shop voucher so nice little giveaway to start off the season um, the uh, little terms of- terms and conditions apply um, <laughs> terms and conditions are send us a photo to the Facebook page Scott and I will, will select the finals uh, the finalists then the finalists will go onto the Facebook page and it will be selected by a poll of the Facebook list Scott and Grant reserve the right to change these rules and terms and conditions at any stage for any reason whatsoever. No interference will be entered into. Thank you. Um, so get it, get in board. Send us a photo of your uh, of your um, best fan gear or your memorabilia. We'll make a selection and give away some great prizes. Um, we might be doing this a bit more throughout the season, so um, jump mm-hmm. in and and get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Now, so before we wrap up, Scotty, where can they find you? They can find me uh, Scooter on uh, Twitter. Uh, Pretty good community that I've got going there. So, yes. um, the lunch catch up, you can, uh, couldn't get the lunchtime catch up. I'm, I'm doing your You're work. You're doing my That's you doing a Matia. Uh, where can we find them on Instagram and all that? Mate, the lunchtime catch up podcast on Instagram. We're going to start posting more on there. I'll do that um, as the season kicks into gear. Um, <laughs> but the majority of us you can find on the Facebook page, um, the lunchtime catch up podcast on Facebook. Um, that's where we post a lot of our uh, stuff. It's where the competition is posted. 
Um, and where a lot of our updates and, and bits and pieces and links to the um, the podcast is put. Um, also, come over if you're not already. We've got we've had a, a heap of new members jump onto the Facebook page. So, um, if you're not a Patreon, Scotty and I do uh, extra content over on Patreon, the lunchtime catch up on Patreon. Um, uh, we do after every game, we do a post match review um, podcast. We didn't do that tonight. Thank you, Aaron Baines, if you're listening. Um, we didn't do one last night because Scotty was on the uh, Geelong freeway heading home at about midnight um, and I was about five cans in and smashed on the couch. Um, so normally... <laughs> it would have been entertaining though. <laughs> it would have been fun. Um, normally we do that after every game and then we'll do our uh, team selection game, uh, team selection show during the week as well. So come on and check us out on Patreon. It's as little as two bucks um, to, uh, to get all that extra content per month. Um, so head over onto Patreon. But I think that's it, Scotty. Yep. Um, we've got the Dirty, Dirty, Dirty Hawks. You love the Hawks, don't you? <laughs> the Dirty Hawks next week. Uh, Marvel Stadium. Uh, no, not next week. That'll be two weeks. Marvel Stadium. If we're, uh, Scotty and I... I think tickets are on sale Tuesday, I think. Yeah, if we can do anything about it, Scotty and I will be there. Um, so everybody have a good week. We will uh, talk to you guys next week. Catch you guys. Go Bombers. <laughs>